You're listening to Factual America. This podcast is produced by Alamo Pictures, a production company specializing in documentaries, television, and shorts about the USA for international audiences. Subscribe to our mailing list or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Alamo Pictures to be the first to hear about new productions, festivals we're attending, and how to connect with our team. Our homepage is alamopictures.co.uk. And now, enjoy Factual America with our host, Matthew Sherwood. Welcome to Factual America, the podcast that explores America through the lens of documentary filmmaking. I'm your host, Matthew Sherwood, and I will be interviewing documentary filmmakers, their subjects, and subject matter experts from the worlds of politics and history and culture, just to name three. Uh, Today we have with us uh, Sebastian Sauerborn, who certainly uh, uh, fits into that category. He's a um, a serial entrepreneur, originally from Germany. He has set up businesses in the U.S., particularly in uh, Florida and Texas, has a lived there for for at least uh, uh, 10 years. Uh, He's currently the CEO of Mont Bonnell Advisors, uh, which helps companies uh, set up in the United States. And he's also executive producer of Alamo Pictures. And so we should say a thanks to uh, Sebastian for uh, sponsoring this podcast. So without further ado, let me uh, welcome Sebastian to uh, to Factual America. Hi, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure having you, uh, Sebastian. Um, I think we'll just dive right in. Uh, to to discuss the film that you would like to have a dis- little discussion about, and that is the uh, the river and the wall by yeah. uh, by Ben Masters, which uh, came out earlier this year. And uh, maybe you can tell us why you chose this film. Yeah, that's a very good question. So um, I've seen a previous uh, picture by Ben Masters, uh, which is about his trip on horseback, uh, him and his five friends. Um, uh, going from Mexico uh, to the north uh, of the United States mm. or, or even Canada, mm. which he released a few years ago. And uh, I met him afterwards briefly at a showing um, of yeah. that movie and have been following since then um, a little bit. And I was really interested when he brought out that movie. I mean, yeah. his films are typically uh, Texas-centered. Uh, mm-hmm. And as I've lived in Texas um, for a while, um, I enjoy them a lot, and they're they're close to my heart. Um, and so is this film. And I find this film, the premise of this movie, very interesting um, as it con- confronts sort of uh, current affairs, political opinion with mm. the with something um, as you know robust um, and and as something unchangeable almost as uh, the Big Bend National Park, mm-hmm. uh, for example. So there are the two massive forces colliding. And it's interesting to see how that's going to work out. That's actually a very uh, good good point. This sort of uh, man versus nature element to this Definitely. film. Yeah, I mean, uh, people might see the uh, the title and uh, see the uh, the trailers and think this is all about uh, <clears throat> Donald Trump's wall and uh, keeping everyone out of America. But I think it's uh, it strikes me that it's 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 far bigger than that, actually. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's it's mm. it's also about imagination. You know, I feel that um, there is a tendency in politics nowadays to simplify everything. We can yeah. see this in in other areas as well. Yeah. For example, with Brexit, where things are very simplistic mm. and answers are very simplistic. And if you actually go there um, yeah. to these places and um, explore them, let yourself be overwhelmed by them, um, you will see that it's not that. It's not that easy. I mean, geographically, mm. 
for example, it's not that easy. Well, maybe you can, I mean, for because I, I, I would say probably, uh, I know the film's available on um, on uh, iTunes, but I think uh, for those who haven't seen Ben Masters' film, maybe you can just kind of give us a little introduction about the so the whole premise of, of the film. Oh, yeah, I'd love yeah. to. So, yeah. so the premise of the film is that there is a group of friends yeah. um, who decide to travel along the Rio Grande River all yeah. the way from El Paso mm-hmm. um, to the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. And um, they want to explore firsthand how a potential border wall mm-hmm. that um, Donald Trump wants to build is going to look like and yeah. can actually be built um, for these hundreds and hundreds of miles. I think it's like 800 miles. It's 1,200 miles. Oh, 1,200 miles. Yeah, yeah. 1,200 miles they're yeah. going. So how does that look? Um, how does it look specifically in that vast uh, landscape, in that yeah. vast countryside? Yeah. So they go down the river um, by by canoe. They ride along it on horseback, yeah. and then they also take the bicycle. Yeah, and uh, meet a lot of people um, who depend on the river. For example, ranchers, uh, mm-hmm. fishermen. They meet Mexicans on the other side of mm-hmm. the river. They talk to Texans. They talk to politicians like uh, Peter Rook is uh, yeah. uh, um, on the film and, and others um, and explore that question um, of how a wall would look like yeah. and in that in that countryside and that's the, that's the premise of the film. Wait, so we're about to enter Mexico right now? No, we're just gonna ride on the Mexico side of the wall, but on the US. No man's zone. It's wild being along the wall to have this massive 25-foot barrier. It just feels so separate. While I was working in El Paso, they constructed the wall and they did it in like 12 months. From my perspective, it wasn't a a real like uh, cry against the construction of that fence at the time. But then since then, there have been people elected, like Congressman O'Rourke, who was against the construction of a a fence. I I don't think a lot of people in the interior of the U.S. understand that the wall will not literally be built at the border, at the international boundary line. It'll be built well within here. It's 100 yards. Other places, it's it's a mile, two miles uh, into the interior. And everywhere, it's going to look as ugly as this or uglier. El Paso for the last 20 years has been either the safest, the second safest, or the third safest city in America, which is really remarkable because it is at complete odds with the rhetoric about the border. Of the 2,000 miles of the U.S.-Mexico border, I believe a little over 600 miles have fences, walls, physical barriers. And that began after the 2006 Secure Fencing Act, which Republicans and Democrats, including Senators Obama and Clinton at the time, voted for, which essentially allowed the Bush administration and then succeeding administrations to put up these physical barriers and to effectively waive all environmental and local stakeholder safeguards. I think people who aren't from the border this might make a lot of sense to them. Like, so we hear there are problems with Mexico or immigration or drugs. Yeah, a, a, a big giant fence with 
steel and concrete, that, that makes a lot of sense. When you live here, you, you obviously you see it differently and you, and you feel it, you feel it differently. It's quite a cast of characters, isn't it? We've got uh, Ben Masters, who's, who's the filmmaker, and uh, he's a Texas Aggie who's, as you said, known for his film about Mustangs and driving them up to Canada. We've got uh, the National Geographic uh, fellow photographer who, uh, who himself was an illegal alien. We've got the uh, the river guide. Uh, we've got Austin Alvarado, um, Alvarado who's uh, the uh, who's originally from Guatemala. His family is also illegal aliens. And then you've got a the 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 nature person, the ornithologist, and Heather Mackey, and then uh, Jay Kleber, who's uh, basically the conservationist. Um, you've already referenced. Uh, you've got Beto O'Rourke, who uh, at the time was still congressman for the 16th district, and uh, and then we also bring in Will Hurd, who's the uh, neighboring congressional district, the 23rd, who's a Republican, if, uh, as opposed to Beto being a Democrat. And the thing that struck me, and then I'll let you uh, say some more, is that. It, those are the cast of characters, but the other two big characters in this are the Rio Grande River and Texas itself, especially you know West Texas. What do you Absolutely, think? Absolutely, yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the film is dominated by uh, beautiful footage, a lot of made yeah. with drones. Yeah, um, and it's just it's just amazing. So I've mm -hmm. been myself to the Big Bend region, I think, in two thousand um, uh, seventeen, mm -hmm. and did a road trip with my kids from from Austin to. Okay. Um, Las Vegas and Nevada. Okay. Like a, a weeks of driving. Yeah. You know, it's basically um, three or four days of desert. Yeah. You know, yeah. just desert. And yeah, it's so vast um, and so amazing. So I was really um, impressed uh, by, by the footage of, of, you know, by the nature footage yeah. in the countryside. And uh, I, I will say myself, you know, even as a native Texan, there were things I didn't realize. Like I didn't realize the Rio Grande River didn't even flow for uh, a few hundred miles there. So hence they... They had to start the the trip on bicycles, and then they get closer to the uh, to the Big Ben uh, Ranch in the Big Ben National Park, and that's when they get onto the Mustangs, and then the the canoes pretty much most of the the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think um, uh, there's there's obviously the whole issue of of, of immigration, and uh, it's a it's a an issue that all many Western countries are are, are dealing with, um, but. I mean, I think what, what the film does well is sort of giving you a bit of both sides while also a healthy dose of reality. So maybe you can say a little bit more about uh, sort of this, uh, I know we've talked previously, this Texas pragmatism that comes out, I think, out of this film. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can see very quickly that it's not really a political issue at all. It's just really a um, an issue... Um, born out of uh, necessity so there are farmers al along that river mm -hmm. and um, they need to have access to the water yeah. uh, for their farms and if suddenly as the as the plan would be hundreds of acres thousands of acres would be mm -hmm. cut off uh, from the um, basically from the United States because there would be a wall there would be a nomad's land yeah. and all those farms would cease to exist yeah. they would no longer be able to produce and and this is some of the most fertile soil uh, in the world uh, yeah. you know so um it, it's not really about uh, a politics many of those farmers would call themselves conservatives you know? yeah and then suddenly there they are um through eminent domain will lose their land um, mm -hmm. that they had um, in their possession for generations yeah. so you can be left or right wing mm -hmm. um 
to have an understanding of this issue and come to the conclusion that it's not feasible. And as one rancher in in that that film said, um, it seems un-American yeah. because um, it 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 seems in a way um, to, to build that wall out of fear. Yeah. Um, It's not a very, it's not, it's, it's not being in a very strong position. Yeah. Um, one has to, one can argue the number of immigrants that are there. I mean, the, the film says that the number of illegal uh, uh, immigrants over the Rio Grande River is constantly falling. They yeah. are a lot less than they were only 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But um, is this the right solution to the problem? Yeah. I think, yes, that's a very, um, uh, that is a clip we'll show later. Uh, there's, it's, it's, there's some great, They, they're very uh, sparse with their their factual information. So don't worry if you're going to watch this. You don't want to be overloaded with uh, all kinds of facts and figures on immigration. But they use it very, uh, very uh, adeptly. And there's a one where uh, they look at uh, appreh apprehensions, which correlates closely with uh, traffic of illegal aliens. And yes, it peaked at over 1.6 million a year in 2002. And it's down to around 300,000. In the last year, we have data, which I think is 2017. So, eight, so it, it would seem that traffic's even gone down by 80%, more than 80%. Yet, why is this such an issue? Uh, it might be, I don't know what you The one thing that I think could be very frustrating for some people who are looking for a fight, maybe, is how agreeable everyone is. I mean, everyone they talk to, Uh, and I don't think they were self-selecting either. Uh, you know, or they they talked to Beto O'Rourke, a Democrat, very well known now. We've got Will Hurd, who's the Republican from West Texas. That's a, usually a pretty conservative uh, fella, and they get you know they completely almost 100% agree on the fact that this wall is just absolutely wrong way of 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 going about this. And everyone you talk to along the river is saying the exact same thing. Yet no one seems to be listening to these people. Yeah, yeah, I think, and that is that is that is a very interesting um, aspect, isn't it? Because I think most of the people who who shout for that wall live probably thousands of miles away yeah, and yeah. don't actually live in yeah. in any proximity um, of the river um, or um, e even in Texas. Because if you've been there, uh, it's difficult to imagine how you could possibly support a policy position mm. um, um, like building this wall. And I think so. So that's why this nuanced conversation—it's—it's mm -hmm. um, it's really just about uh, a common sense. And in my experience, and as far as I have studied um, American history, it, it was always a lot about common sense and yeah. and being pragmatic. I mean, yeah. um, th there's one example, um, as I'm German from from German history after the Second World War, how the Americans have treated the Germans afterwards. I mean, yeah. they could have just basically bled them to death and yeah. we would probably still live in ruins today. But instead, they have made sure that Germans live in prosperity. They gave a lot of loans mm. um, so that Germany could have been, could could be rebuilt. Of course, there was an interest of, um, you know, having some base mm. there yeah. against the Eastern Bloc. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that, but that that's fair enough. And that allowed Germany to... Um, to have that amazing sort of comeback uh, to now the most uh, important European um, economy yeah. after the Second World War. And I think a similar approach yeah. to that sort of issue, to, to the wall and, and yeah. to immigration, um, would be very welcome um, by everyone, I mean, yeah. especially to Texas. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I, 
I can't say this for sure, but I imagine most of our listeners would tend to be on the same page as all of us here and at, at uh, Factual America. But maybe as it's something you've already alluded to, as a German who uh, lived there, uh, so you've had the immigrant experience. I mean, what, what was? I mean, you know, so you might have. You were not illegal, uh, yeah. I'm assuming. No, no, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, you have these two fellas, uh, Felipe Andrade and the and the River Guide, who. Uh, who uh, themselves were immigrants, are themselves immigrants. I mean, what's it like being an immigrant in the United States? Well, I mean, as in most countries, I mean, this includes also Europe, it's very difficult um, to to go to the States, to go to the States uh, legally, um, to move there. I mean, my visa application was always 500 pages because you have to submit a lot of supporting documents and evidence. so um, it's a very cumbersome and and, and complicated process, um, but fair enough. You know, I was I was willing I was willing to accept that. Um, I I didn't I didn't personally um, had an issue with that. Nevertheless, I think um, and the film alludes to that as well when they talk about how freely people used to cross the border to work yeah, there. Yeah. I think. Um, the reality is, and that was also my experience as a foreigner, as an immigrant in Texas mm. um, who has not been exposed um, to to much of the experience with sort of, say, for example, Mexican or Latin American mm. people mm. in the past. My experience was, again, that most ranches that I met uh, indirectly or directly had to do with uh, illegal immigrants, mm. for example, when building fences. But that wasn't really so much because they didn't want to hire Americans, but simply because there were no Americans who were ready to mm. do fencing in 100 degrees outside yeah. at soil that could be you know, hard as a rock. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I remember um, the first contractor that we hired to do fencing, uh, he took out a deposit and then ran away, you know, and yeah. was later put in jail. I mean, I started... <laughs> <laughs> Um, the dark side of, yeah, yeah, exactly. of American so, uh, um, capitalism. So yeah. I mean, I remember living living in Bastrop near near Austin, and, yeah. and every day in the morning you would have um, Mexicans, illegal yeah. Mexicans, or Latin yeah. Amer- I mean, people from Latin America, yeah. waiting in front of the um, Home Depot and mm-hmm. loaves, and like yeah. that yeah. you can hire for you know, I mean, yeah. day laborers. Yeah. You could hire them for, and, and everybody did it. Yeah. So and nobody had any problem with that um, because this was the way to. Get builders. I mean, yeah. it, it it was the um, usual way to do it, um, and there was a lot of pragmatism around. And this has only been um, ten years ago, so not even ten years less. Than yeah. yeah. Well, as I think there's a there was a sort of the more uh, factual element. They the the professor at the LBJ School of uh, Public Policy at the University of Texas talks about the whole the history there and the the Bissar program, and uh, you had. Um, you know, this there was this program in place in, legally in the '40s through the mid '60s of of bringing labor, farm laborers especially, and I think one of the ranchers points out that you know, for over 250 years they've been a th- an important part of of the economy, and the idea that you're just now going to put a wall up, I mean, you know, who, where are you going to get this? You know, wh- where are you going to get the people exactly. to, do, to do to do this? Especially work? right now, where yeah. the employment um, is, is the pre- employment situation is so good yeah, in the United yeah, States. Yeah. So you're practically full employment. Yeah. Um, where do you get those people to to harvest all those crops? Yeah. I mean, in fact, some of the crops um, basically rot in the field because there's yeah. no one there to harvest yeah. them. Yeah. Well, I think that's a very good point. Let's let's stop there, and we're going to take a little break, and uh, we'll be back with you shortly. You're listening to Factual America, 
Subscribe to our mailing list or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Alamo Pictures to keep up to date with new releases and upcoming shows. Check out the show notes to learn more about the program, our guests, and the team behind the production. And now, back to Factual America. Welcome back to uh, Factual America. Uh, Sebastian, we were talking about this uh, this uh, amazing film, uh, The River and the Wall, which I highly recommend to all our listeners. Um, uh, it's we've maybe the conversations quite as uh, rightfully so has uh, really concentrated on uh, immigration and the wall that Trump wants to build along the entire U.S. Mexico border and to get the Mexicans to pay for it. But I think this is a film that's uh, that that transcends those issues. Uh, we may you think you made some allusions to that earlier. Uh, it's almost. Uh, well, these are more dramas, but something like uh, you know, sort of motorcycle diaries. This is a this is a buddy picture where these people are going on a journey along this this twelve hundred mile border, and it's all their trials and travails as they they deal with this incredibly rugged land, landscape and and dangerous uh, uh, river that the Rio Grande is in, in parts. I mean, from a from a sort of a filmmaking standpoint, maybe you can say some more some more about that. Yes, I guess um, whenever there's a journey in a movie, it's it's always also um, a symbol for a personal journey. Yeah. So you have those 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 characters um, who are strangers. I mean, who who are yeah. not um, at least not close friends in the beginning, and then they grow to become um, really close friends uh, over the time of their journey, yeah. which always happens. I mean, it's a little bit, it reminds me a little bit of Lord of the Rings, yeah? Yeah. So the, yeah. the Fellowship of the Ring, yeah. they have this task. Yes. They have to uh, pass uh, trials and tribulations to get there. And, um, and in the process, um, for example, also the, 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 the Latin American characters in there, they get to go on a journey of self-discovery because they explore their roots mm. because their parents yeah. um, crossed that river, at yeah. least one of the characters, uh, 30 years ago. So he kind of relives um, their experience. Mm. He comes to his own, back to his own or origins. It's almost like yeah. an um, um, origin story. Um, and for, for Ben Masters and the other characters um, who are who are Caucasian, yeah. but, but Texan, I think it's very special to see those those um, people with an illegal immigration background um, um, to go through this. And it mm. changes something in them as well. And and that's interesting, isn't mm. it? Because whenever we witness, it's e or it's it's easy to be, to talk negatively about whole groups of people. Yeah. But when you meet someone and you look uh, in, uh, you look into their face and mm. you, you spend some time with them, you share a meal with them, it's an entirely different story. So, uh, they are just human beings um, at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and and this is what the story is about. It's about camaraderie, about growing um, as a team in, in a very beautiful landscape. Yeah. And and there's, you know, there's they, they face a lot of dangers in that uh, journey, uh, whether it's, like you say, the landscape, especially when they're in the Big Bend National Park on uh, horseback, get uh, basically run into some dead ends and box canyons and how are they going to get out? And there's no, I mean, as, as one of them says, there's no more rugged uh, uh, landscape that you'll find. There's no trails or anything. You just have to find your own way. Uh, to the river, to other other types of danger, the, uh, the drug runners that they may or may not have, you know, run into. Uh, so there's a lot of, uh, 
you know, the, the immigration is an interesting, uh, and it's a very important element of the film, but I think it's, 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 it's for those who uh, just want great filmmaking in terms of the vistas yeah. and the, you know, uh, this, is, this is definitely well worth a watch. People are not thinking of this area when they're picturing the border and building a border wall. I think they're thinking of the cities. It's this wild place that's super rugged and hard to get through anyway. Why would we construct a barrier there, a man-made barrier? This is like going through the Grand Canyon, paddling the Colorado without the crowds. It's just as, as remote and grand and wild. So I'm, as I said previously, I met uh, Ben Masters at an event um, in Austin um, a few years ago. Yeah. And I also messaged him on Facebook um, after The River and the Wall was released. Okay. Because he wanted to organize a showing in London. Right? All right. Yeah. But that didn't work out because okay. of rights and logistics. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, now I was very keen to... Um, I was very keen to um, to promote that movie also here, but okay, it, it didn't work out. But he he strikes me as a very um, uh, serious um, young man. Um, he attended that showing with his wife, and mm -hmm. they really have this cause, especially the the Texas wildlife uh, yeah, um, as yeah. opposed to the hearts. They did a lot about. Um, uh, I mean, for example, one one uh, short short film documentary that he did was about uh, the pronghorn. You know, the yeah. pronghorn was yeah. very it's it's kind of a, a sort of antelope like yeah. animal yeah. which is uh, in west texas and has been threatened by farming and fencing yeah. uh, over the last uh, 50 years but yeah. farmers are very keen uh, to support um uh, sort of recovery efforts yeah. so those pronghorns are basically caught by helicopter yeah and then transported you know, maybe hundreds of miles away to yeah. other parts of west texas yeah. where they where the population is um um, you know, should be should be increased, should be grown. Yeah. So he's made a short um, a film about that that I've seen. So I mean, I like uh, nature very much. Um, um, I used to live on a ranch in Texas, so that's yeah. all very close to my heart. Um, and and I guess this is also why I like that yeah. uh, film. So the the combination of that, the the wonderful Texas countryside. Mm. Uh, wrapped up in a documentary, I think it's just wonderful. Yeah. I will say there's this uh, opening where I think it shows a, a sunrise on the Rio Grande, and you can hear the birds chirping, and that, that just brought so back so many memories for me. I could I could even feel it, what it must feel like. I could even feel the heat, even though it's still the early part of the day. You can sense that the it's going to be a hot one. You You've know. been there, right? I mean, uh, yeah, I've been I mean, you grew up in Texas. I grew right? up in Texas. Yeah. I've been to the I've been to the uh, Big Bend National Park. It was a, again a family road trip. 
so hats off to my dad. He loved to do these sort of things, get us out to places that maybe we wouldn't normally go to because it, it takes it's quite an effort. Yeah. That's uh, a long it, drive. I mean, it, yeah, it, from anywhere in Texas, and uh, yeah, you have to take a left turn and go quite quite a ways past. Uh, uh, Marfa and, uh, and places like that to get down to the uh, the Big Bend, but it's definitely worth a visit. Um, so I think uh, in terms of a piece of filmmaking uh, and getting the feeling across and uh, the beauty of the area and the ruggedness, uh, because as you say, I think I think this film defies is one thing. I would as a as someone who's now new to the film, it defies stereotypes. It's people have a vision of West Texas as just desert. But no, it's it's something that uh, is 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 maybe desert by by technical terms, but it it is something much different than what people are expecting. Just like the people they run into defy stereotype. Uh, I think if you had central casting in Hollywood going for a rancher and a farmer in Texas, we know what they would come up with. Right, and they're not the guys that they interview. No, no, not ex- exactly. Not at all. Yeah, Everyone no. they interview is mm. just very very even keeled and and pragmatic. About and and also genuinely have a want. It's it almost comes out as a love for the for the state and that part of the part of the world, but also a let's just let's just do this right. You know, let's we can put our heads together and come up with an an you know an answer. And it does come across a bit. Uh, the I think it's the is it the rancher's or farmer's wife who says it's very un-American. I mean, ceding thousands of acres of land essentially uh, to Mexico. Just for a wall, it seems that does seem when you put it that way does seem very un-American. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, very. I mean, and and I think there there would be um, there would be other solution. I mean, having a secure border is obviously a serious issue. Yeah. Drugs coming yeah. into the country is yeah. a very serious issue. Yeah. But I think as as the as the film elaborates. Um, those um, drug dealers, they will not be stopped by the wall. They will find other oh, ways. They yeah. use other port of entries right now. Yeah. So I think we are probably focusing a little bit um, uh, on the wrong problem. Yeah. So um, I think what the film makes brings across very powerfully is that um, we could focus our energies on other things. Yeah. And um, maybe solve that problem, solve that problem differently. Or maybe there is not even that much of a problem to solve as we probably think. Yes. Yes, indeed. Right? So it might be. Um, so I think if everybody would co- cool down a little bit, yeah. take a step back, it, it would seem that the Americans who managed to fly to the moon would come up with a solution, technical and, and not technical. Well, yeah. to <laughs> if you're talking about whatever it is, $34 billion that needs to be spent to build this thing, I mean, the Republican congressman said, I can do a lot more with that money than what you're, it's, it's like the least uh, best uh, solution to any it's not a solution but it's I mean the, most but most yeah. Texas most Texas Republicans are against that I mean I haven't met any Texas Republican yeah. who is in favor of that war because they all think I mean how is this going to work I mean it's, yeah well it, no it, way it, right exactly it, it, exactly <laughs> it's, it's I mean it's it's a it's a political talking point that resonates with a, a whole nother part of the country and that has always been um I think my experience in Texas so I think um you know um white Texans and um, people with a um, with a immigration background mm. from Latin America yeah. had always had um, got always along pretty well I mean I'm sure yeah. there's some there, there's some issues but in general well I could share some stories but yeah, yes yeah. Yeah, but 
we won't. <laughs> Not now. This has been a very positive uh, discussion. But yes, there, there are always issues wherever you go. Exactly. But I mean, yeah. you know, um, in, in, the, in, the large, in the large scheme of things, immigration yeah. was not a problem in Texas, in, in my opinion. Um, of course, we need to see how we deal with criminals. And yeah. Of course, that that is an issue. Yeah. But um, generally speaking, um, these the, these immigrants they are not on the public. Yeah. Um, they're not on the public pocket, right? Um, yeah. They have jobs. Um, they work yeah. hard. They are needed. Uh, these jobs need to be done. Um, so I think a, a very positive approach would yeah. probably be the right answer. Yeah. And and also recognize um, that the the people that are already living in the country have to be dealt differently yeah. than someone who is not who is not there yet. I mean, that, that that's a completely different question. Well, I think we will leave it there, uh, Sebastian. This has been a very uh, very interesting discussion about the film the uh, The River and the Wall by Ben Masters, which came out in 2019. To our listeners, uh, thank you for joining us for this uh, this uh, podcast. Uh, please share and uh, share and like us uh, on the uh, Apple Podcast, if you will. And uh, this would be uh, Factual America signing off. You've been listening to Factual America. This podcast is produced by Alamo Pictures, specializing in documentaries, television, and shorts about the USA for international audiences. Head on down to the show notes for more information about today's episode, our guest, and the team behind the podcast. Subscribe to our mailing list or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Alamo Pictures to be the first to hear about new productions, festivals we're attending, and to connect with our team. Our homepage is alamopictures.co.uk.